I know there are others online, YouTube, Facebook, uh, watching, and, uh, and so we continue um, to provide the, this teaching, uh, this fellowship uh, via online for anyone who can't be here uh, for whatever reason. I know Art, he's always on the road, and uh, he's very faithful to continue to watch, and so, so are other people. I know there are, uh, are people who messages, uh, message us uh, through Facebook um, that are in different parts of the country, um, had notes from other places uh, throughout the world, which is uh, truly awesome that the word is getting out there uh, via, like I said, Facebook and YouTube. But uh, this morning we're in Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, so we're covering verses 24 through 28. So the final portion of this chapter, and the title of this morning's message is From Baptist to Disciple. And it is a, a kind of play on words as far as Baptist. When, I, when I'm referring to Baptist, it's more of the religion, it's more of the denomination um, rather than uh, the act of baptism. And, uh, and it's all for a reason. So from Baptist to disciple. Verse 24 of chapter 18 says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. D.L. Moody said this, quote, The best way to show that a stick is crooked is not to argue about it or spend time denouncing it, but to lay a straight stick alongside it, close quote. I believe this is something that we do here at Refuge, week in and week out, simply teaching the Word simply. Not to just know about the Word, but to know the Word intimately. Our little catchphrase that we use is the Word spoken, Jesus known. Very simply, what I desire is that the Word be spoken often. Why not to just get head knowledge, but so that we would know Jesus intimately. Whether it be in small gatherings, we always ask that devotions be given, that prayer be participated in, and that people get stirred up and built up in the Word, no matter what it is. I like D.L. Moody's method of out, pointing out a crooked stick. And sometimes, especially with social media, we get, get wrapped up in arguing about the crooked stick, don't we? The crooked stick, the crooked stick, we point out the crooked stick when all that really is necessary is for a straight stick to be placed right next to it. You can still choose to argue about the crooked stick, but we know what the straight stick looks like. To learn what it means to be a Christian is to learn how to follow Jesus Christ. And we learn that by studying the Word of God. And the way you learn how to follow Jesus Christ is by knowing the Word. That is the Bible, opening it up, studying it, meditating on it, allowing the Word to teach you, to guide you. 
2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. There are those who think they know about God. There are many people who think they know about God. And then there are those who know about God. And then there are those who know God. This morning, we'll learn about a man who knows about Jesus in part. His name is Apollos. We just read about him. He's a man of Alexandria. And he is, as we know, Aquila and Priscilla hear him teach in the synagogue. They, they bring him to a place of teaching him something beyond repentance. Into a place of knowing Jesus intimately in having a relationship with him. Often you will find people understand Jesus or the Bible as a religion. You know, I, I grew up in the Catholic faith, and so I, know, I knew religion. I knew going through um, catechism and uh, confirmation and doing all of those things. But what I didn't know is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the Bible and Jesus never said... The church is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the church, right? That's not. It doesn't say your works are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through works, right? It doesn't say that. It says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? What does that mean? And that's really something that I had to come to an understanding of. Because religion and works and belonging to a church, you coming here does not give you uh, any points uh, toward getting into heaven. Uh, you know, you being a part of any group doesn't give you an in. Uh, doing any kinds of works, philanthropic work, you know, going out and feeding the poor and doing this or that, it doesn't get you into heaven. That's something that for me, as I look back at my own life, I had to understand, I had to realize that I really didn't know. I, I knew perhaps in part, but I, I didn't know fully how it was that I would know God's grace, that I would know forgiveness of my sins, and what that really looked like, what that meant. Apollos was such a man. Academically, he knew. He knew, he knew the scriptures inside and out better than you and I. But he didn't know a relationship with Jesus Christ, and he didn't get any further than repentance, confession, you know, confession, confession, repentance, a turning. But there's got to be one more thing. Often you will find people understand Jesus or the Bible as a religion. They know Jesus as a religion, but not as a disciple. Something to do when... Christianity is actually someone to believe in and someone to follow. Religion with Jesus doesn't save. Relationship with Jesus saves. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. 
See, again, this is one of the things that I, I had to personally come to know. Are these few verses right here? Because religion will always give you the, the opportunity or give you the, the, the place to where uh, you go live your own life and then you come back and do these things and you feel good about yourself for a while. That's what that'll do. But I didn't realize that it's a, it's a full-time faith. It's a, it's a place where we ought to be all the time, not just part-time. Uh, that's where our spiritual integrity comes in, that our faith, that we're the same uh, when we're alone as we are in public. It's the same. Why? It's because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we don't deny him when we're alone, but we embrace him when we're alone. We spend that intimate time with him because we love him, and we understand that everything we are and everything that we do demonstrates whether we love him or we do not love him. So it says here in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Again, the difference between religion and relationship. There's nothing wrong with religion as long as there's first and foremost a relationship with Jesus Christ. My desire this morning is to understand the significance of teaching Apollos, as we read there, the way of God more accurately. Religion to relationship and knowing salvation. So knowing about Jesus is different from knowing Jesus. Let's First of all, the first few verses here, we see Apollos knowing about Jesus. Verse 24 once more says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus, who was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained him the way of God more accurately. Knowing about Jesus is what we have here. Apollos was a Jew from Alexandria. If you look at uh, Greece and you look at uh, the area of, of Asia or today Turkey, you go south um, and, and you, go, you run straight into basically Alexandria. It's the northern part of Egypt. And uh, this man, this Jew from Alexandria, had come to Ephesus. He's described as a man who was eloquent and competent in the scriptures. This means simply that he had a thorough knowledge of the Old Testament. He knew it very well. Uh, he knew the law, the prophets. Uh, and, uh, and, and so he was able to teach th this very well. So he was an eloquent. And, and, uh, and this also means that he was powerful in being able to explain, to teach the scriptures. Apollos, it's interesting though, with part knowledge, he was passionate about Jesus. He taught all the way through to the baptism of John the Baptist. The baptism of repentance is what we know. He was articulate. He could carry on conversations and give presentations regarding the person of Jesus Christ, but only up to the baptism of John. 
In other words, Apollos only taught up to repentance, and that is it. What Apollos was teaching is what John the Baptist had preached to prepare the way for the Lord. And this is good. This, this is actually something that I believe the church and you and I need to come to a place to where we, we bring people to an understanding that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, if we, if we don't know we need a Savior, then we won't receive a Savior. If we don't know we're sick, uh, we won't go to the doctor. We won't receive care from a doctor, right? And so we first need to get to the point to where we understand we have sinned against God and fallen short of the glory of God. And no amount of work, nothing at all can help us reach the glory of God except through Jesus Christ. And so this is what Paulus was, a, Apollos was, a, was teaching. But he was, he was preaching basically the same thing that John the Baptist was preaching. Prepare the way of the Lord. In Luke chapter 3, uh, this is what we know John the Baptist was doing. In Luke chapter 3, in verse 2, it says, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And so here we are introduced to John the Baptist, whose son he was, and what it was that he was doing in the region in which he was working or serving the Lord. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You know, and so even John the Baptist, as he was there, he was preaching repentance, right? For us, that's one of the things that we need to preach more from the pulpit, and that is repentance, but it requires humility from those who are receiving the word of God. It requires an openness, an understanding that this is the word of the Lord. This is not something that is man-made. Now, something that came out that was man-made is something that the Pope actually came out and said, it's okay to acknowledge civil unions between homosexuals, right? Now, it's not because I am against it. It's not, oh, this is the word of, the, of, of Raul, and so, you know, we ought to follow it. Please. It's not my opinion. It's the opinion of the word of God. It is a statement clear that clearly says drunkards, adulterers, murderers, and homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? It, the most loving thing that we can do is not proclaim something from the pulpit or some high office, something that is against Scripture, clearly against Scripture. How can we do that? How can a man say that? You know what that is? It's actually blasphemy, which is sad. So 
Even John the Baptist was preaching against man-made religion. That's something that John was saying. He says he was preaching repentance. He was saying, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is what Apollos was preaching too. And the crowds asked him in verse 10, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none and whoever has food to do Likewise, tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also uh, asked him, and, and we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. What John was doing was preparing the hearts of the people. Uh, immorality. Uh, abuses, all of that. Hey, listen, you need to turn from that because pretty soon you're going to be presented with the Messiah, the unblemished Lamb of God. And before him, oh, he sees all things. Oh, prepare your hearts to receive him. Prepare. As people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water. But here it is. But he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. <laughs> I had to read that last verse because it's like, with many other exhortations, he preached the good news to the people. Um, you know, with all of that said, it's hardly good news for someone who's receiving, right? It's like, that doesn't sound very good. Like to, to turn from, like, like to be told, you know, hey, listen, uh, it's, judgment's going to come. And so you need to get prepared. And these things that you're participating in need to be done away with completely. Right? Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord. For he will, you will be faced with him and with his truth. Again, this is what Apollos was preaching he was teaching he was preparing the people by helping them acknowledge the lord confess their sins and repent apollo spoke with great confidence as i also come to you with great confidence why because again just as i know apollos was not preaching apollos Apollos was preaching Christ. And so every pastor that comes up to the pulpit should be confident because they are preaching Christ. Not anything or anyone else. And so he spoke with great confidence just as John the Baptist did, truly believing what he was saying. And it was true. But there was more, much more. But he didn't know that there was more. He wasn't confident in that. He didn't understand that no, the Lord had come. 
And he had to be shown that there was more. He was excited for what came after. But it had to be explained to him that not only had Jesus come, but that Jesus saves by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And by which we come into a restored, a reconciled relationship with the Father through the Son. And so Aquila and Priscilla, we need more Aquilas and Priscillas. Aquila and Priscilla heard him speak in the synagogue, and they pulled him off to the side. They, they took him home, you could say, Apollos, you need to come home with us. Let us, you know, feed you lunch and dinner and, you know, just spend time together. And they took him off to the side and explained to him the way of God more accurately. This couple took their time to teach Apollos, and Apollos was humble enough to allow himself to be taught. You know, that's one of the, the things that should mark the Christian is humility. You know, when people are offering themselves to refine you, to strengthen you, to correct you even, as a Christian, we should be humble enough to receive that and examine ourselves in light of the Word of God. Is it true or not? Oftentimes, we reflect the perspective and the ways of the world, and we're quickly offended. We put up a wall, and we, we have words to fight back, to push back anyone that is opposed to us. Or just uh, hide them, unlike, stop following, or cancel them, right? That's what we seem to do. There's, there's no dialogue. Apollos wasn't like that. If you had something to say to him, he would be open to listen. See, Apollos knew about Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. I don't know how many people know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. Why? And it's reflected in, in how we live. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, it doesn't take, uh, you know, a, a lot of insight other than to just see kind of the way you live your life over the course of time, you know, your consistency, um, really the, your wisdom, whether it's from man or it's from the Lord. Is it the philosophies of, of the world or is it the word of God that leads you, that helps you to make decisions? Right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really take much. It's the way we live our lives. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As you sow, so shall you reap, right? And so there's this thing called the fruit of the Spirit. You should read about it. Because what it is, it's, a, it's an outward expression of an inward reality. If we're walking in the Spirit, then this should be evident in our lives, and if this isn't evident in our lives, then it's just, it's just logical, right? You, you kind of go backwards. You kind of work it, it. It's reverse engineering, right? Here it is. Now we're going to work backwards. What's the problem? Well, I know for the church in Ephesus, the Lord had a strong word for them. He said, you know, you have all these things right, but I have this against you. You've lost your first love. So you need to repent and go back to that place you know so for us it's evident whether we do truly genuinely love the Lord or not 
We can argue. We can put that crooked stick down time and time again, time and time again, until we line it up with the Word of God and we put that straight stick right next to it. Argue against that. Because I'm done. You know, all I can do is point you to the Word of God. But really, when you lay the Word of God, argue with Him, because that's really who you're arguing with. It's with the Word. It's with God. Not with me. Not with anyone else. A lot of people know about Jesus, but they don't know him. They don't know the word. And that's exactly what he was taught. The way of the Lord. Scripture. That's what Aquila and Priscilla took the time to do with Apollos. Come on. Let's hang out. Just like Paul hung out with Aquila and Priscilla, so now it was Apollos that was hanging out, or, or uh, Aquila and Priscilla that was hanging out with Apollos. D.L. Moody said, quote, the Bible is not given for our information, but for our transformation. Transformation. And also jot down Romans 12, 2. So knowing about Jesus, number two is knowing Jesus. So going from knowing about Jesus to knowing Jesus, and that's what Paulus knew. Verse 27 says, And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, but for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. They would have never have sent him anywhere if he didn't know, if he didn't understand, if he couldn't teach, if he... He would be of no help to anyone. You know, I, I can't send someone to another church from here and say, yeah, you have, you know, my commendation, you have my approval, um, my blessing, you know, go. I know you, you will be of great help and assistance to that church if I didn't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you were sound in doctrine. If you're sound in doctrine... You, you know how to apply the word of God and how to explain it to others, then I could say, absolutely, I'll send you over to uh, Calvary Chapel, Smoky Mountains. You can go serve with Lance, Pastor Lance over there. And, and I know that by sending you over there, you, you, you are well-versed in, in doctrine, you know sound doctrine, and I can, I can call him right now and tell him, hey, you know what, Richard's on his way. And he... He will be just an, an awesome encouragement to your body there and use him however you want to use him because I, he has my full trust and, uh, and I send one with my blessing. That should, at some point, that should be any of you, any one of us. At some point, we should get to the point to where, you know, a year, two years down the road, you could go anywhere and hopefully they can say, man, I know that you're well taught and that you are mature in the Lord and that you've, you've grown beyond the milk, right? And, and, uh, and hopefully that's what we're known for here at Refuge. That when you go somewhere else, that you're a blessing. You, you can encourage other brothers and sisters in the Lord. Well, Apollos was such a man. As Apollos learned this and applied it, his desire to teach and proclaim Jesus reached just a whole other level of passion and zeal. 
Just imagine that. I mean, he came in with a little bit of knowledge and understanding of who Jesus was, and he taught repentance, that which John the Baptist was preaching to prepare the way of the Lord. And here, now he has more knowledge and more understanding. Oh, he didn't stay put. He had passion and zeal beyond what he had experienced before. And so Apollos, we see here, desired to cross the Asian Sea and go to Achaia, which is west, um, west across the Asian Sea from Ephesus. Uh, we have Athens, we have Corinth, and the area of Achaia. And so what is commonly known is that, that he actually went to Corinth. We can see that in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, how it was that Paul made mention of Apollos. And, uh, and so that's what he desired to do. So he didn't stay put. He was like, okay, now where do you want me, Lord? And, and he wanted to go. And that which was planted by Paul, now Apollos wanted to go in water. That's what he desired to do. As you get to know more, to, more of the word of God, is that what your desire is? I, I know I can't wait. I don't know how many of you men are part of the men's Bible study. But one of the things that I am very passionate about is getting involved in the men's Bible study. I don't know how many senior pastors do. It doesn't matter to me because I'm not responsible for their flocks. I'm just responsible for this one. And for me, it doesn't matter how much I've learned, how much I know of the Word of God. One of the things that I'm passionate about is the men's Bible study. Why? Because I get to go sit down with you, and I get to talk about Scripture, learn about Scripture. I learn something every day, every time I, I get together with you guys. And as I learn more of the Word of God, I am passionate about sharing that with you, and I hope that you're passionate about sharing that with me, because we all benefit. Let's have the spirit, the heart of Apollos. Apollos, the moment he knew more about Jesus Christ, he was like, man, let's go. Oh, how encouraging it is to know when brothers are just ready to go. Where do you want to go? That's one of the reasons that personally, it's like if, if I have a way of going somewhere else and sharing the gospel, <clears throat> count me in. <clears throat> You know, as Moses was talking about earlier, that, um, you know, yes, we've been to Haiti and Mexico, and we're looking forward to going to different places throughout the world. If I'm able to go, I'm, I'm there. If that's what the Lord wants me to do, let's go. If he wants me to go around the, the area here locally, let's go. Talk to people around here. Let's go. Because missionary... missionary uh, the missions field isn't just in foreign countries. In fact, it's very important to conduct missions here in our own backyard. We have the hands and feet ministry that, you know, I hope and pray that more people take advantage of that because that's one opportunity for us to go out into our mission field here in Riverside. Well, Apollos is hard. It's just like bursting Imagine this. this. This man was just like, oh, okay, I desire to go across the sea. I, I want to go. Can you imagine when he sat down with Aquila and Priscilla? They must have been the ones that encouraged him. Oh, let me tell you about uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, we met up with him in Corinth. Uh, while he was in Corinth, uh, remember that he met a woman by the name of 
Lydia, right? Her and her household came to the Lord, and they were uh, so they, and they were baptized. And then and then um, they were uh, falsely accused. Uh, Paul was and Silas, and so they were put in prison. And then the Philippian jailer, um, at that point, um, he, he they put him in prison, and from there he he moved on. But um, this is something that took place, like, let me tell you about all these places. And then he tells them about Athens and Ephesus, and, um, or Corinth, I'm sorry. And so he, they, that encouraged him. That encouraged Apollos. And he wanted to go water where Paul had planted. But what we see is that the man who knew about Jesus and now knows Jesus, is prepared and well-equipped to help his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Apollos believed and gave himself to studying the word of God and then teaching and discipling others. In Hebrews chapter 5, it says this, About this, time, about this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you against the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God. And so that was Apollos' desire as he came to the place of, of knowing the Lord more accurately. Knowing not just about him, but knowing him personally. What he wanted to do was make sure that he watered that which was planted back in Achaia in the, the area of Corinth. And so he traveled to help his brothers and sisters there. Because the Christians in Achaia were saved in Corinth, but they needed more encouragement. How often do you need encouragement? I know I need encouragement all the time. Have you had a, a time during the last week or two to where you could have just used a, a quick word, a quick text, or a call, or Anything like that from another brother, another sister, the Lord? When you're, when you're moved like that, you, the Lord puts some, someone like that on your mind, on your heart, call or text. Even if it's just, hey, just want to drop in. You don't have to say, I have, I have no idea why I'm doing this. Um, you know, I, I was just prompted and here I am. You don't have to say that. All you have to say is, Hi. Just want to call, just want to text, call, and say hello, and just let you know I'm thinking about you and praying for you. Apollos had a desire for the Christians there. What Apollos was taught by Aquila and Priscilla, he passed along to the Christians in Achaia. And then we see how. So in, in Acts chapter 18, we, we see how it is that he did this. He encouraged them. He greatly helped them who through grace had believed. So these were fellow brothers and sisters. And this is how. He powerfully refuted the Jews in public. Showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. 
So he powerfully encouraged them in this way. He helped them out in this way. Powerfully refuted the Jews in public and by proving by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. You know what this is referred to, right? Who can give me the word? What, what, what is it that uh, Paulus was doing uh, with the Jews? One word starts with an A. What was he engaged in? What was that? Apologetics. That's it. Apologetics. That's what it was. Apologetics. First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And that's key too, that last part. Gentleness and respect. But you should always have an answer for the hope that lies within you. If someone asks you, well, how do you have such great joy and hope in the midst of such darkness, evil in the world? When something's just happened to you, why, why do you still have joy and hope? Where does that come from? Well, I'm glad you asked. And let me tell you. is because my hope is not placed in the circumstances that I'm faced with. My loss or gain, it really doesn't matter. Ask Job, right? Ask Paul. He learned to be content in whatever state he was in, to be joyful, to trust in the Lord, to be content, to be content. That's a strange thing in today's world. Everyone is discontent. There's never been a time in the history of the nation of this uh, uh, history of this nation to where more people that are under the age of 30 are on more prescriptions for mental health than at any other time and you know it just increased from march this way exponentially big time why is that a loss of hope they're filled with anxiety. We're filled with anxiety. Why are we filled with anxiety? The word tells us, do not be anxious about anything. So if we're not to be anxious about anything, what does that leave? Nothing. Right? Nothing. Do not be anxious about anything, but, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, you know what it'll do? It'll guard your hearts. In your minds in Christ Jesus. Why? Because our hearts are deceitful and wicked. Who can know them? So don't follow your hearts, right? Don't, don't do that. Be careful. Our minds, our thoughts, oh man, they can run away from us. Can't they? Oh man. There, there, I'm sure there are moments, even right now in the last 40 minutes or so, that, that perhaps your thoughts have run away from you, right? Oh, I wish you'd just close, you know? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I have things to do and I, I, I got it. I understand right? Just things, things that, that go through our minds. Well, hey, listen, the way to guard that is allow Jesus to guard that, guard our hearts and our minds, you know, and so we give it to him. We need to be able to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that lies within you. Apollos was willing to speak boldly in the synagogue, as we saw that previously, and in, now he's boldly speaking in public, engaging the Jews and anyone else wherever and whenever about Jesus being the Christ. As it was explained to him, so he was now explaining to others. 
that it is not enough to know about Jesus. One has to come to believe that Jesus of Nazareth was and is the prophesied Messiah. And he has been crucified. And he was buried. He died. But he was resurrected on the third day. And today sits at the right hand of the Father as he ascended into heaven. The work was finished. The work of reconciliation. The impact that Apollos had there in Corinth was great. And now Apollos wasn't just teaching repentance, but he was also explaining salvation and relationship. See, we need to get from repentance, agreeing with the Lord. That's what repentance is, confessing that you're right. Lord, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I I have lied or I've stolen or I've uh, committed adultery, even if it's with my eyes and my heart. I've done all of these things or several of them, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you've fallen in one area of the law, then you're guilty of it all, is what Scripture tells us. So you confess that, you turn from it, but there's a point to where we need to come to just completely surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ because that only goes so far. That's a, that could be a work of the flesh, doing those things, identifying, confessing those things, and then turning. At some point, the flesh is not strong enough to sustain us in that. And so we need the Holy Spirit to fill us and to help us understand that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not by works, lest any man should boast. So we come to that belief in that relationship with Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No, one's come, no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, for those of you who are thinking that I need to conclude, this is the conclusion. <laughs> and I won't have two conclusions, I'll, but I may have three. Paul was a man who knew religion very well. He knew it very well. In fact, he was a man who followed the law in great detail. Didn't he? He was zealous for the law. A Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the uh, protege of a rabbi named Gamaliel. He was his understudy. Oh, he was, he was a religious man. He was, he was up and coming. So he knew religion very well. Paul was also a man who was confronted by Jesus. When he was on the road to Damascus and he was going to persecute and kill and destroy the people of the way. In other words, Christians. He was thinking he was doing the right thing. But he was following man. He wasn't following the Lord. He wasn't following God truly. He wasn't following him. In fact, he was kicking against the goads is what Jesus told him. How does it feel? You know, kick against something that you hurt yourself with by doing so. Can you imagine being so religious like the Apostle Paul was at that time and not being saved? I know so much about the Bible. I know so much about Jesus. You know, I, I, I believe in Jesus. Well, so do the demons and they tremble. Just because you, you know about doesn't mean that you actually believe in. What does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ? 
It means you surrender your very life to him. You give it up for the sake of knowing him. You, you, you give it to him. You surrender. You, you completely give, give it to him. You allow him, you allow yourself to be crucified with him. The old man is dead. Oh, I've, I've seen conversions in, in people. It's truly so wonderful. I'm, I'm thinking of one right now. Perhaps some of you that I was just talking about uh, are thinking about the same person, but not the same person. Like, I, I don't know, like this person a month or two months ago and who he is now and praying for people and, and all of that. Just here in our congregation. Like, who is this? This is awesome. Why? Because this is a conversion. This is someone who is not like phasing into Christianity. Right? Kind of like, we'll see. Let's see what he can work into me. You know, these good deeds and good characteristics and all that. Nah, that's not how it works. It's just the miracle of a moment. Salvation happens and it is evident. Oh, he has a new heart. He has a new perspective. It's amazing what's, what comes out of people's mouths. Why? Because it's in the heart now. It's done. Complete surrender to the Lord. Not playing games. I'm done. I'm done trying it my way. I'm going to give my life to the Lord completely. The Apostle Paul, at one point, he was so religious and he wasn't even saved. But Paul was also a man who, after having come to know Jesus by his belief in him, spent time with Aquila and Priscilla. And in turn, they were able to spend time with Apollos and teach him what they had been taught by Paul. They all went from religion to being disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of the Savior. That's the direction we're going in. That's what Jesus gave a, a commandment. Go and make disciples. Of who? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, go, make disciples. That's what we're doing. Luke chapter 11. This is still one conclusion, okay? Luke chapter 11, verse 37. Oh, I'm sorry, not that one. We already went through that. Luke chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. It says, And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And so we need to understand that we need to acknowledge Jesus Christ. Acknowledge him openly. Do not fear. This is the safest place that you can acknowledge Jesus, your belief in him. In. Of course, I'm not going to ask you to stand up and come forward, but I'm going to ask you, are you sure you're saved? Are you sure you're in the right place with the Lord? Can you say that you're, you're filled with that joy, with that hope? You're truly in right standing before God the Father because of your belief in Jesus Christ? If you can say that with just great confidence, then wonderful, praise God. But if you can't, I ask you right now to consider the Lord in light of your sin. He desires to, to save you from the condemnation that you remain in if, if you do not turn to him and believe in Jesus Christ. That you would consider the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He paid for your sin. 
completely, past, present, and future. In the moment, not only you confess, but you believe in Jesus Christ and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. He promises for, you know, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. But you need to mean it. And, and, and as you do that, there is a complete transformation because the old man is dead. And behold, the new has come. And it is evident. It is evident. I pray you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Recommit your lives to Jesus Christ this morning if that's what you need to do. And the church, I pray that we would walk closer with the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, once more for this morning, this moment in your word. I pray, Father, that it would resonate in our hearts. Lord, for anyone who needs to know salvation this morning, who has come to that place to where they understand that they, they remain condemned in their sin while they're in their sin, but the moment they confess their sins to you and, and believe in Jesus Christ who came to die for those sins, to pay for them in full on their behalf, Lord, I, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, and they confess that. They confess you, and they confess their belief in Jesus Christ and no salvation. Lord, oh, Lord, put in them a new heart. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and, Lord, seal them for the day of redemption. That they, too, can answer anyone who asks for the hope that lies within them. Lord, I pray for the church that you would strengthen us. Help us to be zealous and passionate for the gospel of Jesus Christ. For that is the hope of the world, Lord. There's nothing, no president, no, no government, no nothing, Lord. No propositions that will save us, Lord. It's just simply Jesus Christ. He is the one who saves. And so I pray, Father, that we would be completely surrendered to you. That we would be filled with joy and hope. And Lord, be looking forward to the moment we spend all eternity in your glory. Oh, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.